You're listening to the Secrets of Successful Business Podcast, your go-to source for business tips, tricks, and proven strategies that will help you create a streamlined and profitable business. We chat to the best minds in business about their journey. The relationships that I have built along the way are what have grown my business. How they started. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. What they learned along the way. Just really backing yourself if you think your idea is great and is going to work. And of course, we'll ask them for their secret sauce for creating a successful business. The success of your business is up to you. Join us as we take a sneak peek behind the curtain. Talk solutions for those business pain points, working smarter, not harder, mindset, and the challenges of fitting it all in with the demands of today's busy lifestyle. If you're a business owner, side hustler, or just starting your business journey, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, business coach and content creator, Justine McLean from Flossy Creative. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. In case we haven't met, I'm Justine, a small business owner on a mission to uncover and share the secrets of creating and running a profitable, sustainable and successful business. I've been in business for over 20 years now and I get to use all that I've learned along the way to help other women in business reduce the overwhelm, gain visibility around their numbers, charge what they're worth and make more money. It's about designing a life you love that fits into your definition of success. So if I can help you create the profitable business you deserve, please reach out. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. If you own a house or unit and you've been living in lockdown over the last 18 months, you've probably started to reimagine the kitchen, bathroom, laundry, or what to put in place of that tired old looking lounge. Or is that just me? Renovating existing homes and buying real estate to update and flip has certainly gained momentum over the last few years. And today's guest, along with a couple of her best friends, have created a successful business from the trend. Three birds have been in the renovation and education business since they took a leap of faith back in 2014 and decided to work for themselves. Known for their stunning house transformations, signature light, bright and white style, and more recently, the Renault School and the Styling School, they're inspiring countless women to follow in their footsteps. Today, it's a pleasure to welcome one of the birds, Lana Taylor, to the podcast. We're going to talk the business of renovation and the DIY trends to look out for in 2022. Hi, Lana. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Justine. It's great to be chatting with you. Nice to see you. And look, you and I uh, were just chatting off uh, before we hit record and we have both just exited a three-month-plus lockdown here in Sydney. And as I said to you during that time, I've decided to renovate my bathroom, my laundry, get my floors polished and generally give uh, the place a bit of a freshen up. And so given, you know, the billions being spent on renos this year, I gather I'm not alone and that there are lots of Aussies who feel the same, but I imagine your house is stunning. So I have to start by asking, do you ever look at your place and think, "Mm, I actually need to change that? That's a great question. Look, I feel very fortunate that I, you know, renovated my home a couple of years ago into a slice of Santorini, uh, which was my vision. And I really feel that I delivered on that. And so when, you know, lockdown has been around for the last sort of two years, I have felt very fortunate that I got my reno in before. And that I've 
been very lucky to be sort of stuck at home here. But yeah, look, after, you know, I did it four years ago. And so there are things which you need to keep up and there's maintenance to be done. You know, my my gorgeous hardy deck out the side of my house is white, but as the trees grow over from the neighbor's yard hanging over it and that all falls on the deck, that needs constant cleaning. But I, I've looked at it and I've thought, so would I change the color of it? But I still wouldn't. So even in hindsight of seeing the leaves drop all over it, I still wouldn't change the color to hide the dirt because it just changes the whole feel of the house then. And so it's 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 really a testimony to staying true to your vision, which is something we talk about a lot. And I'd say the only other thing I've done, Justine, since you know finishing my home that I did change, I did make a bit of a boo-boo in that I I probably overlit the house. I went crazy with my electrician and put in too many down lights. I don't know why that also would have cost me more money, but I also put in cool white globes thinking I want this, I want this white light, bright whiteness. But in fact, I should have gone with warm white globes that cast a yellow warm glow. And I thought yellow was sort of evil and I don't want that. I want crisp white, but that was wrong um, because it meant it was like a supermarket. I felt like I was in aisle five every day. And uh, so I did get the electrician back and and had to pay for him to swap them out to warm globes. I didn't do it in every room. I did it in the most important spaces, and it's made the world of difference. It just feels more homely, (laughs) more warm, not like a hospital. And so... You know, yeah, that's that's what I changed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, lighting and color, they're so important. I know my husband accidentally bought um the cool white globes for a couple of the rooms, and I was just like, no, I no, if they're doing my head in, get them out. Yes. So yeah, so such a good um such a good tip there actually to start off with. Now you're the marketing director for Three Birds Renovations, and I imagine that most listeners will have heard of your business or seen the stunning work that Three Birds does. But in a past life, you had a successful career in marketing and the media. So can you share how yourself, Erin and Bonnie made that decision back in 2014 to walk away from your careers and start this business? And for anyone who hasn't heard of Three Birds, can you just share a little about the business? Sure. Um, wow, this could be the whole podcast, Justine, answering this one question. <laughs> so I'll try and I'll try and give you the whistle stop tour. Basically, I think where this all came from is that all three of us, Bonnie, Erin, and myself, were at a life stage that was similar in that we had our final child about to head off to kindergarten. So um, it was sort of about to be where that place for a mom where you start to get your life back of kids out of the house. And and it was just that moment in time of us looking at the jobs we were in. We all were working at the time, but looking at the jobs we're in and thinking, are they really the jobs we want to be in for the next five to 10 years? Or is now the right time to do something that has more meaning, more substance to it, is more just what we want? And I think women um, particularly get to a point in their life where it's kind of, look, I want to do something for me now, because particularly after children, you've given a lot for the family and for for bringing up the kids and you sometimes even forego a bit of your career um, to take some time off and that might you know be a bit of a pause on what you were doing prior to to the kids coming along and so I think it just was that moment in time where we all looked at the the corporate jobs we were in and I was working for a a big um, fast-moving consumer goods sort of corporate giant And I'd been there for a long time. I'd been in that industry for 15 years. And I just thought, you know what? I want to do something for me and something that I'm a bit more in charge of myself, not working in a very big hierarchy. And so I just quit that job 
without knowing about three birds on the horizon, but I just drew the line in the sand and said, I'm leaving this job. And I did not know what I was going to go and do. So for six months, I did nothing, um, relatively nothing other than process ideas in my mind, think about Mm -hmm. things. I even signed up to drop letterbox, drop mailing, mail out catalogs, like Woolworths catalogs in my local area. The hardest job I've ever done, I've got to tell you. How anyone can get around their route on time in full and get paid like $20 an hour. I had, I I lasted one week and then I had to quit and say, I can't keep up. It was really hard. that's why the brochures all end up in the bin. Just they uh, do. having had a business it, where you, you've, I've actually paid someone to do that. Yeah, that's why they all end up in the it bin. It took me, <laughs> it took me a day to collate the brochures before having to hit the road. I, I couldn't. I had to get the family involved. I had to get help. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So anyway, and then I think you know, and then Bonnie, you know, just rang me out of the blue one day and said, "Hey, you know, as and I, because Bonnie and Aaron job shared together in their world um, as sort of like event." Managers. And Bonnie rang me out of the blue and sort of said, look, Ez and I would really love to go into business together, you know, styling houses or renovating houses. We thought of you, do you want to come and do this with us? And I said, well, you know, I'm basically, I'm doing nothing at the moment. And the idea of going into business with my friends sounded really exciting. It actually didn't matter what it was. It was just that idea of building a business from scratch that excited me. And it was just such a difference from the world of the big corporate I was in. You couldn't get anything more different from the world I was in yeah. to the world that was being suggested. And I think that's what attracted me was a new challenge. And so we just all caught up for a coffee. I think we were in Balmain the next day. We caught up for a coffee and we said, all right, let's start writing down what we're going to do. And we just decided that it would start very small by buying one property and just flipping that one property privately, You know, not telling anyone about it, just buy it flip it in about six weeks. We knew that the faster you do it, the less risk you have of the market taking a dive, for example. And we knew it was possible to do cosmetic renovations in that time. And so we just set ourselves this ridiculous benchmark of, well, let's do the whole house in six weeks and put it back on the market. And so we found a house in Castle Hill and the girls come from the hills. So they really knew the area very well. We had a good real estate agent there. We bought the house. We planned the whole renovation while it was in the settlement phase. As soon as we got the keys, we started changing the house. Um, It was a hoarder's house as well. So it was really, it was baptism by fire. You literally couldn't see the floor for stacked wet newspapers in the home. There was a sheet that had been on the clothesline for 10 years, according to the neighbours, and bushes had grown through the sheet and it had all become one item. Lucky for us, we were planning to remove the whole hill's hoist anyway. So we just took the whole thing away. And we did that first property. We put it back on the market straight away. We had an auction. We made some money off it. And that was kind of where it all began. Wow. That is amazing. Because back in 2014, I'm not sure that the sort of business that you have now, that it really even existed. So when you were in that dreaming planning phase, what did you imagine for your business? Or was it just as simple as we're going to buy a house and we're going to see if we can flip it? Yeah, look, it was definitely that. You know, we did not, I would agree that the type of business we have now did not exist in 2014. In fact, the type of business we have now, not really anyone has the same type of business. It's quite unique, which is great. But where we started was not with that in mind. We just said, let's start with one house and see how that goes. And to be honest, we were planning to just make our money off 
the revenue, the profit, sorry, of selling a property and then do another property and then do another property. We hadn't intended to make it a public profile and share it with anybody, but we started an Instagram account mainly for our family and friends to just see how, because we're three friends, we've been friends for 20 years. We just set up an Instagram account for them to sort of follow what we were doing. And then when I was, you know, doing the school pickup of my kindergarten age child, the mums at the front gate would say, oh, Lana, I know you've left your, your big job. What are you doing these days? And I said, well, I'm actually renovating houses with my two best friends. And they said, oh my God, you're living the dream. I said, am I? Is that, is that your dream? And they said, well, yeah. I mean, everyone loves property and real estate and renovating in Australia. You're working with your mates. That sounds amazing. You're your own bosses. You've t- left the corporate career. You know, you can do things on your own terms. That sounds amazing. And so that was sort of the light bulb moment that we then realized that what we were deciding to do, just the three of us, had very broad appeal on so many levels. And then the Instagram account just started to get a whole bunch of followers who just loved looking at what we were doing. And then it turned out that we were actually pretty good at designing a home and and very much Bonnie led that where the home started to turn out beautifully, you know, and our second home was in a door magazine. It was actually the front cover of a door magazine. And that was like, wow, we're actually creating some beautiful homes here that are relatable renovations. You know, certainly in the early days, they were very affordable renovations. They were cosmetic, they were quick, and they had made a real impact. And people loved the look and the feel. And because I think Mm. one thing we realized is that a lot of people that get into the business of flipping properties or renovating for profit, they sort of felt because they had such a tight budget, they couldn't probably make the house as beautiful as if they didn't have such a tight budget because they're renovating for profit. And they were just sort of I felt, we felt taking design shortcuts sometimes on how the home was going to look just to guarantee that bottom line profit for themselves. And we felt that that compromise didn't have to be made. We wanted to challenge ourselves that we wanted to still work within a budget of maybe spending 12% of the value of the home on the renovation Mm -hmm. and still making it magazine worthy. So our goal was always to make it magazine worthy and renovate it on a really tight budget. And it was those two things together that we set out to do. And we achieved that really, I think, for our, our flipped properties that were the first five houses we did. Absolutely. It's it's almost like it was the magic formula. And you're right. I mean, it still is a very unique business, but I feel like over the years, you've kind of added to that with you know a few different elements. And, and I want to get into those a bit more later, but have you always consciously worked for that point of difference or did it just has it just evolved organically for you guys? Look, it definitely has been very organic in that, you know, the all the elements in our points of difference, even just, you know, who we are, where we come from, the fact that we had no uh, official qualifications or expertise in renovating design or building, even our husbands aren't builders that we can lean on or tradespeople that we can get help from. They're honestly no help at all in this part of the world other than some labor um, at times when we need to lay some turf in a, in a hurry. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that we were re- really just the mums next door doing this made us incredibly relatable to the mums next door. And that's really where the business yeah. has gone in that I, I always like to say we're the mums next door, helping the mums next door get her dream home. And we re- really represent all the mums next door because we're self-taught we, it, it really has been a journey of self-discovery ourselves. And that's why with our book and with our schools, they're all written in a way and developed in a way that is 
talking a language that anyone can understand. It's not for industry people, people who want to be in the design industry or people who want to do this for a living. It's literally for the neighbor or the person across the road who's just about to do something to their property and they want the confidence to know they're going to get the right result for the money they spend. That's where our business has gone. That's what it's turned into. And that's become our brand purpose is to, you know, inspire and empower women to get their dream home using our own real reno experience. And, And that's why eventually we realized just telling the story on Instagram wasn't enough. There's only so much you can tell on Instagram. So then we started the show and we had our YouTube series and then we created our online platforms of Reno School and Styling School to teach people. And then we created the book as a way that they could physically have something in their hands that was, you know, a taster of what the schools offer and gives them something they can flip through from front to back. You can read it in any order you want. Every page has a nugget of something for you to learn and that you can probably apply to your own project in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And so going into this business with without that experience and having to be self-taught, what was your game plan when you were going in? Because it's a very male-dominated industry and I know for a lot of women in particular, that would be really off-putting. Yeah, look, that never put us off at all, which is really great. I think because we do, you know, Bonnie and Erin were working for a rugby league club at the time. So they were surrounded by a male dominated industry by default. And Mm. they'd been in that industry for years and felt really comfortable. And so the fact that we didn't have, you know, um, all the experience uh, to, to do it didn't really put us off because we just felt comfortable that we were good communicators. Running a renovation is like one big event. And Bonnie and Erin came from the world of event management. So uh, Bonnie would design those events and Erin would execute those events. And a renovation was sort of no different. And I think it is important to note that beautiful design is in Bonnie's veins. Okay. So she was born with it and her parents are serial renovators. And so she grew up in an environment of seeing her parents renovate. Her brother also renovates. So it was natural to her and it's something I've learned. So it was not natural to me, but I've learned so much. And now I'm very confident in that space. So it's great to have a mixture in, in the group of someone who it comes naturally to and someone who has to learn it. And together, that's, I think, why we can also really relate to a lot of people who aren't born with that design blood running through their veins. Yeah, for sure. And and also, you know, because selling obviously is a huge part of business. And so your experience in marketing and comms would be really important there. And, and obviously, from what you're saying, you've each got these really defined roles, you know, Bonnie, the creative director, Erin, you know, is the ops director, and then you obviously look after the comms and marketing. So is that how you went in to start or did you sort of go in all hands on deck and how have your roles evolved really over the last seven years? Yeah, it definitely wasn't always that way. We started with all hands on deck. We were all doing the same tasks when we did our probably our first two houses. It was just, we basically just split up the roles based on, well, Lana, you'll go to the site on Monday. I'll go on Tuesday. Erin goes on Wednesday, but we were all kind of doing the same thing. And it's funny, I felt actually like a bit of a third wheel and I felt a little bit out of place because Bonnie and Erin had always wanted to go into business together. They, Bonnie had a passion for renovating and they worked together in events. And this was just like one big event. So they felt sort of quite comfortable in this environment. I'd sort of was standing there at our first renovation, looking around thinking, 
far out, you know, what has my life turned into? My whole business degree, I did a business degree at uni. I've done 15 years of blue chip marketing experience. And now I'm holding a hammer or I'm 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 ordering the skip bin to get picked up. I feel as though all my skills are being wasted and I'm not using them at all in flipping these properties. It, they sort of have no role to play. So it was a little bit fish out of water, but I didn't let it bother me. But it was funny how just very quickly, I think after the second house, this brand started to present itself before our eyes because of this organic following we were getting on Instagram and all of our friends and people we meet saying, you're living the dream. I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can you show me more? And then even paint companies coming to us saying, hey, can we give you some free tins of paint for you to use on your next house? Before you knew it, there was a real brand and a company building. And then I was a a pig in mud. And I was like, oh my gosh, all the chickens have come home to roost. This is I'm now very comfortable. We're building a brand right? What's our brand purpose? What's our vision? What's our DNA? How are we going to bring this all to life? What's the content creation plan? All of that just started to flow very naturally, but it wasn't the original plan. And it was when that started to come out naturally that it was clear that let's divide up the roles into our strengths. Bonnie, you're the creative director. You're born with it. Easy. Erin, you love a spreadsheet. You love running a timeline and a budget. That's what you've done in your previous life as well. That's you. And Lana, you can now be this this marketing role of pulling it all together into a package that our audience is going to say, you're really giving me what I want, how I want it, when I want it. And that's your job. And then I was like, great, cool. So um, no longer was I ordering the skip bin to get picked up. I was sort of at my laptop working on the brand. That's just really evolved over time and got stronger and stronger. And we now have a big staff of almost 20 people working at Three Birds. And they're in the three departments of creative ops or projects and marketing and sales. So it's completely changed from the day that it was just the three of us in the coffee shop. And is it still as much fun working with your besties as it was seven years ago when you started? Oh, look, it's very different, you know, so different in that where it started was, you know, kind of like, hey, let's just flip a house together with your besties. And and that was, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't serious. It was very serious, but it didn't have the responsibility that now comes with running a company where we've got a large payroll, we've got staff, we've got to look after them, make sure that's all going well. We've got lots of clients. We have lots of brand partners that we are accountable to. And, you know, there's a lot more responsibility that comes with that now. And so it's still um, fun and we make sure we have a lot of fun. It hasn't been as fun during the pandemic in that we've all had to be kept apart. We've done a lot of Zooming, but not as much time together. And I think it's interesting as well in that I think one of the challenges when you work with your friends Um, or even if you work with your family, is that you might assume that you don't need to invest time in building the relationship because you feel you've already got it. But I was just thinking this week how I think that I could invest more time in working on the relationships with people like Bonnie and Erin, who, yes, I've been friends with forever, but you can you can forget all it can get lost in the world of a very full-on job. And we need to sometimes just stop the work and invest in the relationship. Yeah. Um, and the friend and the friendship because yeah. so often I think you're right, people go into business with family or friends and they kind of get caught up in it and it and it often fails, you know, because mm. they sort of work out that they don't get on in that part of the world, but they forget that they're friends outside of that. So mm. yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about pricing your products and services? Confident? Always second guessing? Or do you simply charge what they're charging? 
Do you struggle to price your products and services? Never know what margin to add? Wonder when and how often to increase your prices? Or if you can even afford to take a salary? How would you feel if I told you that you'd never have to worry about your pricing again? My signature service, The Pricing Formula, is a practical, proven and realistic way to set your prices. It works for both product and service-based businesses, and it's tailored to help you design a profitable and sustainable business and a life you'll love. I cover all the bases from mindset to the practical, and there's loads of easy-to-use plug-and-play templates included. And you don't even need to be a numbers expert. With a few simple steps, I'll show you exactly how to set the perfect prices for your business. So it's time to take pricing out of the too hard basket. My signature one-to-one service, The Pricing Formula, is available now. But if you prefer to work at your own pace, registrations are now open for the new Pricing Formula course. To learn more about The Pricing Formula, head over to flossy.com.au. That's flossy, F-L-O-S-S-I, forward slash, The Pricing Formula. When you think about the business and how it's really evolved, what would you say is the secret or secrets that you have discovered of running a successful business? Well, look, I I think it has been, you know, there's quite a lot of elements. I think the fact that pretty early on, you know, after I think about the, the first two houses, we did decide to not do all tasks equally together, but to split them up into our skill sets. So I think that that was definitely a good idea and making sure that we sort of all had our own lane to operate in and trying to stay in your lane is, is I think, important and, and showing trust in the other people to do their job. Even if you might make a different decision than they would, you just can't do it all yourself. So you have to just put the trust in them. And even if they make a decision, I don't know, choose a tradesperson that wasn't the best tradesperson or make a design decision that wasn't ideal or or something like that is to just support each other and just pick yourselves up and continue going. So I think that it's important to do that. We also brought on a CEO about four years ago, and that was important as well because we were kind of three equal bosses, the three of us. That's not ideal. I think at some point you you do need a leader. You need a boss, um, particularly as the company grew and as we were bringing on staff to help us create more content and, and do bigger projects. So that was important. And I'm I'm really glad we did that four years ago. I think that was the right time um, mm. that we didn't wait too long. I think some people might wait too long. And I think it's also just recognizing that, you know, what we set out to do has really changed. You know, we, we even had these ambitions early on of sort of working three days a week and having this work-life balance that was just, you know, almost like it was a part-time job Um, while we could go out and, I don't know, play tennis or lunch or whatever. And um, that's just not how it's turned out. And that's fine. You know, we're probably working harder than we ever have before in our previous job, corporate jobs, but it is more on our terms. It has turned into a full-on company. And it's one that we, you know, we um, serve that company just as much as the company serves us, you know, and we have to do what's right for the company. And sometimes that might not be what the three of us would have done if it was just the three of us um, yeah, back, in the, back in the old days, just being able to change schedules at the drop of a hat or something that was easier to do uh, when it was just the three of us is not as easy when it has a knock-on effect with lots of people in the company, agencies, people, our camera company who film all of our stuff, 
there's just so many people involved now that there is just a lot of responsibility and a lot of accountability. But it sounds like you've been really strategic and very smart about how you've decided to grow your business over the last seven years, you know, bringing on the CEO and bringing on the staff. And I think so many people don't achieve the success that they want because when it comes to making those sort of decisions, they flounder a little bit and they're not sure what to do next. So I think it's, you know, it's been a fantastic decision and and also bringing in other elements to the business as well. And obviously one of them is the books that you have and your very first book, Three Birds Renovations, which was published back in 2019, is now the number one home improvement book in Australia. So that must be a pinch yourself moment. But you've got another book out that is called Dream Home How To. And I was lucky enough to get a sneak peek of this book and it's absolutely stunning. I'm loving the before and after shots, but I'm a big lover of Christmas. So that is by far my favorite section. It's full of all these amazing hacks. What was the highlight of the book for you when you were producing it? Yeah, no, it's it's been fantastic. I mean, the book has been just wonderful. It's just so lovely to know that people can have a little physical piece of us in their home and, and on their coffee table. So it kind of acts as a little styling item as well. And the success of the first book was just fantastic. And the publishers, Murdoch, they've just been so amazing and, and believed in us so much. And so the second book, Dream Home How To, is exciting. It's got our most recent projects in it, houses is 9 to 13 and then we do have the Christmas chapter but my favorite part of the book and the highlight for me is that we've included a bonus chapter of our Reno school students projects yeah and i think that that is just so rewarding for us because I talked about our purpose earlier is to inspire and empower women to get their dream home through and us helping them and to see these women and what they've done in their homes all around the world. You know, there's a project in there from Arizona in the US and they're all reno school students. So they've all used the tools that we've given them. And for them to produce homes worthy of a coffee table book yeah. is so fantastic. And it gives me goosebumps. And because I know how proud they are and how happy they are. And they often said, have said, you know, we wouldn't have had the confidence. I wouldn't have had the confidence to get this home without you girls showing me the way or showing me how to talk to my architect and say, no, that's not what I want. This is what I want. And so for me, that's the absolute highlight are the Reno School Student Projects in there. And they're so beautiful. Oh, my I God. Mean, yeah, they're, they're so, fabulous. Yeah. They're so clever. They're so yeah. clever. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, when I was flicking through them, I was like, wow, this is incredible. I mean, mm. all of these women could create careers out of this. They've mm. done such amazing jobs. So you, yeah, yeah, you have to see them to believe them. And and so what are some of the style trends that you see coming up for 2022, maybe some that you may have put into the book? Well, it's funny, Justine, you know, with trends, we're so in general, not into trends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really, we're not a slave to trends, but we are a slave to a vision board. And a vision board is something that we encourage all people to create before they renovate their home or even style a space. And it basically captures images of how you want your home to look and feel and it includes words of how you want to feel. So emotive words like, I don't know, relaxed, calm, refreshed, rejuvenated. And that goes on your vision board. And your vision board is supposed to basically, you could look at it, you could give it to anybody and someone goes, wow, I could go and renovate for your home, your home for you. You don't need to tell me another word. 
I know what you want. Right. And that's what we're a slave to. And we and then it makes it timeless as well because it hasn't, it, it isn't responding to a trend, it's responding to a feeling. And then we work backwards from that feeling and, and create a look. Now within it, there certainly can be trends, you know, but they'll come and go. So for example, when we've been doing some Mediterranean style homes, arches have made, uh, you know, make a lot of sense to, to include. And it just so happens arches are also, you know, quite um, on trend at the moment. Everyone's loving curves and organic shapes. So that just works. But the thing is, is when arches are sort of no longer the trend of the day, the home will still feel timeless because it created a style that was based around this Mediterranean style. And that always had the arches. So it never feel will feel dated. It yeah. will feel timeless. And so it's just a really interesting sort of thing we, we focus on is trying to create a look and feel of a home that is obvious the moment you set foot through the door. And that is more powerful than a trend. You know, just the other day in the pandemic, everyone's getting a lot of online shopping delivered to their houses. And I had a guy ring my doorbell and then I spoke through the intercom because I was upstairs and he said, just leaving this at the door. I said, great. He said, hey, um, gosh, I'm just at your front door. It feels like Greece. I feel like I'm in Greece. He said, it's amazing. And I said, oh my God, you've made my day. You haven't even come into my home and I've achieved my vision at my front door that is closed. He, I transported him to Santorini and that is what I wanted to do. And so my home is based on a moment. It's based on Santorini. It's based on how that makes me feel. And so, you know, there could be things in here that could be absolutely not on trend but it didn't need to be on trend. It needed to be Santorini. Yeah. And then there'd be elements of my home, like the crazy pave that is totally on trend, but it's, I didn't do it because it was on trend. I did it because it was Santorini. And so I think that that's sort of my very long response to trends is I would say, you know what, put them to one side and really spend time thinking about a look and a feel that captures what you you want and what you want to live in every day. And it it can often not be an extension of your own style because some people think, oh, my home has to be an extension of my personal style. Well, some people don't have a personal style. Yeah. I don't really have a strong personal style. You know, you want it to just be, well, no, what, how do I want to surround myself? And you might want to surround yourself in what feels like a holiday. A lot of yeah. people do. Okay. So design your home, create a vision board based on a holiday destination. And that's the trend you're going to follow. Feeling like I'm on holidays. That's the trend not something driven by a color forecast necessarily or a particular style of tile. Yeah, I really like that. So it's more emotive than yes. kind of just keeping up with what everybody else yes. is doing. That's fantastic. And so, and, and I imagine you cover that, you know, in your reno school or your styling school. And, and, you know, that's the other arm of your business in addition to these beautiful books that you've got. So can you share a little bit more about the reno school and the Three Birds Styling School? We created these. They were never in our plan from the first day. They were never in our plan, you know, in one year into our business. They came onto our plan when we realized how can we deliver on our purpose of inspiring and empowering women through our knowledge and our own experience. We have to give them more content. It's just not enough to show them our 20-minute episode of us doing a house or an Instagram post. So we invested a lot of time in creating for the Reno School a six-week online course that basically will step you through hold your hand on taking a figment of your imagination of what your home could be and holding your hand on the journey right through to saying goodbye to your builder, see you later, paying your final invoice 
and being very happy with the home you've got. So it's a real step-by-step program. It's like 160,000 words. It's longer than 50 shades of gray. And I think way more exciting. Um, (laughs) And It has templates like we have a budget template that we use. You can download our budget template and just use that. We have a scope of work document that we use to brief our tradespeople. You can download that and use that. So we're giving you real tools that we use for you to use and for sure how to create a vision board is step one of the Renault School. And then we also have as part of that a private Facebook community of all Renault School students. So there's about 17,000 Renault School students that we have. And they're all on that one Facebook group there to give you real-time feedback on your project when you need it. So people will post that they've got a problem. And the community, you can go to bed having posted a problem like, oh my gosh, I just came home to this. My painter has done this. What should I do? You wake up in the morning to 50 responses from fellow students who are renovating themselves and they've got their own experience and advice to give. It's just amazing. And I know our Reno School students say that that community element of it is, is one of the best parts of it. Invaluable. And so that was the Renault School, which we launched a few years ago. And then, you know, we learned and realized there are a whole group of people out there who don't want to get dusty and knock down any walls, or maybe they're renting and they can't knock down walls, but they really want to improve the look and feel of their home. And that's where the styling school comes in, where we've created a four-week online course with a whole bunch of video lessons where we step you through how to transform your home just through the power of styling. You know, no wrecking balls needed. And so that is for everyone who who doesn't want to renovate but really wants to change their home. And it's also a great supplementary course. If you have done the reno school, you can totally butcher that property by putting in all the wrong furniture. I've got to say it. It sounds dramatic, (laughs) but I'm telling you, if you build a new home and then you go and put all your old furniture in it without a second thought, It will undo all your good work and your vision board will remain a vision and a dream. It will not become a reality. And so what furniture and homewares and artwork and books and vases you put in your home is crucial to bringing to life your vision. I mean, even that plant behind you there, Justine, (laughs) in your home, right, that will have a role to play in how you feel in your home and bringing to life your vision. You know, everything is a decision to be made. And that's why we created the styling school. And the the great thing is, is that we do have our next intake of styling school starting on the 22nd of November. People can uh, enroll in that now or, or join the wait list. Fabulous. And so with both the schools, do you only have limited intakes for both of them every year? Yes, we do. We, we do about two intakes for each of the schools per year. We really like everyone to start at the same time and it creates yep. that sense of community and it keeps us all going and we jump in and we help and we'll do a live q and So it just feels right to put them out at certain times of the year, create that sense of community and intake where all the students start together and they can help each other together through the modules. Yeah, great. So for anyone who's listening, if you are interested in either the Renault School or the Styling School, I'm going to link them in the show notes. And if they miss the next intake for whatever reason, they can just join the wait list. Absolutely. And we also provide lifetime access. So there's no rush. You know, if you sign up and you realize life got in the way and I haven't got around to going through the course materials, don't worry. We're not going to cut you off. We don't turn it off and stop your password. You've got access for life. Take your time. That's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And so I'm about to dive into a Renault, as I mentioned. What are your top five need to know tips before I get started? I, I hope you've 
you've planned early, Justine, because the big tip is, is you need to give yourself enough time to do all the right planning. And look, dare I say it, I'm about to say for a big reno, 12 months is ideal. Okay. Now for a smaller one, okay. You could maybe scrape in in six months, but the reason you need to plan early is there are just so many elements to consider and you need to take your time to create not only a vision board, but a very clear scope of work. It's basically the to-do list of what exactly you want done. I mean, do you want the drain move 10 centimetres to the right? You should have an opinion on that because then you're going to need to get three quotes on your scope of work. Because if you don't get those three quotes on an identical scope of work, you are going to have a budget blowout in some way, shape or form because something unexpected will come in where you're like, oh, I didn't know that I had to budget for that. And that's like, well, it wasn't written on your scope of work. Or you've chosen a tradie that you thought was great, but in fact, he's not great. And you didn't get three quotes. You didn't have those comparisons. And then you end up in a bit of a world of pain as well. So planning is really important. And and some parts of a renovation, lead times on getting a tile you want for your bathroom, Justine, might be 12 weeks. Wow. Okay. It might be 12 weeks. So you need to know that it's going to take 12 weeks to know that you needed to have chosen it. And you need to have discussed it with your plumber and you need to know that that's going to work. Then you need to know it's going to take 12 weeks and all these things, you've got to create a timeline that all comes together. So planning is the first point. The second one is creating a vision board. I wouldn't let anyone do a single thing without a vision board. The third thing is creating that detailed scope of work I just talked about, Mm -hmm. because if you don't know exactly what you're going to do, you're going to find some nasty surprises. So it's a to-do list. And then you get that budgeted and you get a quoted on by three people and you create a really tight budget with a contingency line in there of about 10% contingency for Mm -hmm. some surprises. And then I'd say that the other thing is don't put it off. So I love the saying done is better than perfect. So just get it done. Okay. Don't keep putting it off. So yes, I'm saying plan early and you do need to plan, but don't say, but I've got to seek perfection. I've got to seek perfection and I'm just not sure. So I'm not going to start. Done is better than perfect, okay? There are people who have renovations that drag on forever. Just finish them, wrap them up, get them done. And I'd say the last bit of advice, to be honest, Justine, is you probably need to do reno school. Okay. Um, So (laughs) I I, I think we'll have to maybe parachute you in to the intake we finished uh, that we're just in the middle of right now, parachute you in as an emergency student because there will be so many things on there that you will have no idea Right now, talking to you, you'll have no idea what you don't know. Yes. And and it's in reno school. And I just know that you'll be much happier with the results if you've taken your time to educate yourself. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. We all know that. Yeah. Knowledge sure. is power. And not many people are experts in the world of renovations, but they're all doing it because it's their home. So yeah. That's exactly why we created Reno School was to help empower you with knowledge. Throw me the parachute. <laughs> So where to from here for Three Birds? Well, we've got more houses in the pipeline. You know, we're we're working on them all the time. We are uh, creating new content. We're actually planning on creating a whole bunch of videos for our Reno school, which is which is great. The book is really exciting, and I think what we want to spend more time on is bringing to light our students' projects. You know, we have about 20,000 students across our schools all working on their own projects. We'd love to be able to share those projects with our broader audience more often and more and more widely, not just our project, you know, not just our homes that the Bonnie Erin and I do. Let's showcase the amazing results our students are getting because A, that's just way more property porn to look at. 
And B, I think it's even more relatable again for people looking at, wow, it's not just the three birds that can create these beautiful homes. It's Katie, it's Sarah, it's Amy, it's Emma, you know, and um, those are all real names of our students. And we want to share more of their content. So that's really what's next for Three Birds is is bringing that to light more. Well, there's a TV show right there. (laughs) So before we go, one final question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be? Oh, look, I think it would be just these words, don't die with the music in you. Wow. I really like that. That's good. I love it. Lana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Your beautiful new Three Birds book, Dream Home How To, is available in all good bookstores now. How can listeners find out more about the Three Birds schools and get in touch? Just jump on our website, threebirdsrenovations.com. Okay, fabulous. Now, my hot tip for anyone listening is to subscribe to the newsletter because you're absolutely going to love it. So thanks, Lana. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Justine. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Successful Business podcast. For more information on all things business, head to flossy.com.au and make sure you hit subscribe on the show so you don't miss another new episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a quick rating or review, share it on your socials or with friends who might enjoy it. Catch you next time.